Chapter Sixteen of A Confession by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Almer Maud. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. And I ceased to doubt, and became convinced that not all was true in the religion I had joined. Formerly, I should have said that it was all false, but I could not say so now. The whole of the people possessed a knowledge of the truth, for otherwise I could not have lived. Moreover, that knowledge was accessible to me, for I had felt it and lived by it. But I no longer doubted that there was also falsehood in it. And all that had previously repelled me now presented itself vividly before me. And though I saw that among the peasants there was a smaller admixture of lies that repelled me than among the representatives of the church, I still saw that in the people's belief also falsehood was mingled in the truth. But where did the truth and where did the falsehood come from? Both the falsehood and the truth were contained in the so-called holy tradition in the scriptures. Both the falsehood and the truth had been handed down by what is called the church. And whether I liked it or not, I was brought to the study and investigation of these writings and traditions, which till now I had been so afraid to investigate. And I turned to the examination of that same theology which I had once rejected with such contempt as unnecessary. Formerly it seemed to me a series of unnecessary absurdities, when on all sides I was surrounded by manifestations of life which seemed to me clear and full of sense. Now I should have been glad to throw away what would not enter a healthy head, but I had nowhere to turn to. On this teaching religious doctrine rests, or at least with it the only knowledge of the meaning of life I have found is inseparably connected. However wild it may seem to my firm old mind, it was the only hope of salvation. It had to be carefully, attentively examined in order to understand it, and not even to understand it as I understand the propositions of science. I do not seek that, nor can I seek it, knowing the special character of religious knowledge. I shall not seek the explanation of everything. I know that the explanation of everything, like the commencement of everything, must be concealed in infinity. But I wish to understand in a way which will bring me to what is inevitably inexplicable. I wish to recognize anything that is inexplicable as being not so because the demands of my reason are wrong, they are right, and apart from that I can understand nothing, but because I recognize the limits of my intellect. I wish to understand in such a way that everything that is inexplicable shall present itself to me as being necessarily inexplicable, and not as being something I am under an arbitrary obligation to believe. That there is truth in the teaching is to me indubitable, but it is also certain that there is falsehood in it, and I must find what is true and what is false, and must disentangle the one from the other. I am seeking to work upon this task. What of falsehood I have found in the teaching, and what I have found of truth, and to what conclusions I came, will form the following parts of this work, which if it be worth it, and if anybody wants it, will probably some day be printed somewhere. 1879. The foregoing was written by me some three years ago, and will be printed. Now a few days ago, when revising it and returning to this line of thought, to the feelings I had when I was living through it all, I had a dream. This dream expressed in the condensed form all that I have experienced and described, and I think therefore, for those who have understood me, a description of this dream will refresh and elucidate and unify what has been set forth at such a length in the foregoing pages. The dream was this. I saw that I was lying on a bed. I was neither comfortable nor uncomfortable. I was lying on my back. But I began to consider how and on what I was lying a question which had not till then occurred to me. And observing my bed, I saw I was lying on plated string supports attached to its sides. My feet were resting on one such support, my calves on another, and my legs felt uncomfortable. I seemed to know that those supports were movable, and with a movement of my foot I pushed away the furthest of them at my feet. It seemed to me that it would be more comfortable so. But I pushed it away too far and wished to reach it again with my foot, and that movement caused the next support under my calves to slip away also, so that my legs hung in the air. I made a movement with my whole body to adjust myself, fully convinced that I could do so at once, but the movement caused the other supports under me to slip and become entangled, and I saw that matters were going quite wrong, the whole of the lower part of my body slipped and hung down, though my feet did not reach the ground. I was holding on only by the upper part of my back, 
and not only did it become uncomfortable, but I was even frightened. And then only did I ask myself about something which had not occurred to me before then. I asked myself, where am I and what am I lying on? And I began to look around and first of all looked down in the direction which my body was hanging, and where I felt I must soon fall. I looked down and did not believe my eyes. I was not only at a height comparable to the height of the highest towers or mountains, but at a height such as I could have never even imagined. I could not even make out whether I saw anything there below, in that bottomless abyss above which I was hanging and whither I was being drawn. My heart contracted and I experienced horror. To look thither was terrible. If I looked thither I felt that I should at once slip from the last support and perish, and I did not look. But not to look was still worse, for I thought of what would happen to me directly if I fell from the last support. And I felt that from fear I was losing my last supports, and that my back was slowly slipping lower and lower. Another moment and I should drop off. And then it occurred to me that this cannot be real. It is a dream. Wake up. I try to arouse myself but cannot do so. What am I to do? What am I to do? I ask myself and look upwards. Above there is also an infinite space. I look into the immensity of sky and try to forget about the immensity below, and I really do forget it. The immensity below repels and frightens me. The immensity above attracts and strengthens me. I am still supported above the abyss by the last supports that have not yet slipped from under me. I know that I am hanging, but I only look upwards, and my fear passes. As happens in dreams, a voice says, Notice this. This is it. And I look more and more into the infinite above me and feel that I am becoming calm. I remember all that has happened and how it happened, how I moved my legs, how I hung down, how frightened I was, and how I was saved from fear by looking upwards. And I asked myself, Well, and now am I not hanging just the same? And I do not so much look round as experience with my whole body the point of support on which I am held. I see that I no longer hang about as if to fall, but am firmly held. I ask myself how I am held. I feel round, look round, and see that under me, under the middle of my body, there is one support, and that when I look upwards I lie on it in a position of securest balance, and that it alone gave me the support before. And then, as happens in dreams, I imagine the mechanism by means of which I was held, a very natural, intelligible, and sure means, though to one awake the mechanism made no sense. I was even surprised in my dream that I had not understood it sooner. It appeared that at my head there was a pillar, and the security of that slender pillar was undoubted, though there was nothing to support it. From that pillar a loop hung very ingeniously and yet simply, and if one lay with the middle of one's body in that loop and looked up, there could be no question of falling. This was all clear to me, and I was very glad and tranquil, and it seemed as if someone said to me, See that you remember. And I awoke. End of chapter 16 End of A Confession by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Almer Maud.